For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to America, the land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet, episode to watch, or meme to share. The world may not want you to sleep, but we do. Only the sleep experts at Mattress Firm can help you find the right bed at the right price. Unjunk your sleep, in-store or online at mattressfirm.com today. Davis and you're watching the Sons of UCF Live. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trey Stroker. Welcome to the Sons of UCF Live. Joining me now, a guy whose commitment you just can't question. He's 100% committed. Adam, hello. It may be 110, Trace. I haven't checked the meter today. It may be 110, maybe 120. No interviews, please, though. We're looking for only people 100% committed to the mm. Sons of UCF Live. Yeah, it could be 110. Respect my decision. I don't know yet. Kalia Davis, Pro Day. We're going to get into that in just a few moments. But spring practice number seven held today. Open session for the media. If you're not following me on Twitter, at SignPez, you're missing all of the great clips, all of the angles, the quarterback throws, the missed field goals. Not sure if I've lost Adam right at missed field goals, but follow me at SignPez. And uh, you'll be able to keep up with uh, all of the practice uh, video that I shot today. I may go back and shoot some more and uh, get that record. Adam, you're back. Hi, how are you? Did you hear what I said? I said that I posted a bunch of clips today from uh, spring practice. Uh, so follow me on Twitter to keep up with all of that. You did. Yeah, those are interesting clips. I mean, I think you get a chance to break down um, quarterback play. My favorite was the running backs. I want to figure out, can we get somebody in a game to put their hand in the dirt, do a quick little 360 and then burst through the line? I want to see that actually happen in a game. I don't I'm sure there's a reason for that drill, but I need to see that happen in real time. I love social media with all of the dissecting of the quarterback throws. Uh, yeah. What do you make of Mikey Keene's windup? But it doesn't seem to have changed much since the. Well, I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you asked, Trace, because I know you. Uh, you were out there and you. Uh, you found a couple of clips, uh, and uh, and I, I want to break one down for you. I've been working on my telestrator skills. Uh, I don't know how good this is going to be, so let, let's try this live here. We've got this is a, an exclusive video from Trace. Here we go. There's Mikey Keene right there in the center. You, you see that? There's the clap. Green, nice green. Clap. Good. Now that, that so let, let, me, let me slow <laughs> this down here, Trace. That, that, that's near the towel, I think, when it comes out of his hand. Let's see if I can get this thing right right about. Hold on. See, that's that's near the towel when that thing came back. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a good throw. This guy's wide open, though. He can't miss that throw. That guy was wide open. But that's it's elongated for sure. And I think... You know, it's funny. We've had Nick Patty on, and Nick Patty said, "Look, throwing motion does not matter. It, in fact, it could mess you know mess people up." But I mean, that that's near the towel when that thing comes out. Uh, a lot of chatter about it on social media, but uh, that looks to be what we have from Mikey Keene in this quarterback battle. Go Coach Gus Malzahn saying, "Really, Mikey Keene and John Rice Plumley." You know, it looks like the maybe the battle is there. Of course, high praise for Thomas Castellanos. I like what I see of him out at practice whether a true freshman wins this job of course uh, you know is a question that we won't have an answer coming out of spring uh, another spring practice on saturday next week all leading up to the spring game we've had opportunity to talk with players uh, throughout the week and i know you liked and you commented on one bite that i posted from offensive lineman lokahi paule when i was asking him what are your takeaways from spring he says the team is really playing well and he likes what he sees from them and i said uh, why exactly? Man, I think 
with the whole transfer portal thing, like you got guys who really want to be here. You know, you got guys who want to stay. Uh, the guys who want to be here stayed, and the guys who didn't want to be here left. And that's just how it is. And the guys who came in transferred here for a reason. So, really, this year is different than others because of the transfer portal. And I'm, I'm happy about it because everybody on this team right now, they want to be here and they want to win and they want to do something good for us. So. Loved that soundbite. First off, kudos to you on that name pronunciation. That was fantastic. <laughs> Second of all, look, I love that clip because it allows me and you and Mike and everybody else to do reckless speculation, right? Who was he talking about? Who was he referencing there, right? But I, I do think the reality is, as much as we try to downplay it, as much as you know, we've had players on, we just had Marcus Tatum on two weeks ago, and we asked him about your know, transfer portal NIL, and he basically said, no big deal. We don't talk about it. Guys are doing what guys are doing. None of my business. But I do think there is a an element of that from a culture standpoint in the locker room. And kind of what you're hearing there, in my opinion, is you're hearing him say, these are guys that I know personally are all bought in. It's not to say he's calling out somebody specifically, but I think he's saying, I like the energy of this group. I like the cohesiveness of this group. You can interpret that any way you want. I know we're all thinking of one person when he says that, and maybe that is so. But mm. I do think it's interesting that a fact that do it does mean? permeate down. Look, we all knew, I mean, you know, elephant in the room, Woody Barrett just wasn't going to fit on the team last <laughs> hey, year. Woody, I mean, Woody Barrett's a pro day. I know. Right. I know he is. I saw that. I had to, I had to Google him to figure out who he was. <laughs> That's going to be an awkward conversation when you have him on the Suns <laughs> to talk about. Are, are, are we, is he coming up soon? I got to check. By the out. way, we're six minutes into this show. We're remiss in not saying that uh, Mike not joining us. Uh, he who? remains on vacation. <laughs> that's That's terrible. We went six minutes without acknowledging never heard of him. being here but uh he's you know, also from the him. transfer portal dudes on the mall <laughs> collision course he um coach malzahn talked about the familiarity now that the players that were here last spring had and you heard it from anthony montalvo today just saying more comfortability with what uh you know they're familiar with coach malzahn and the rest of the coaching staff and the plays and he's working on technique so Big differences spring to spring, and that buy-in, uh, leaders stepping up, they all have talked about that so far through this spring. Question that I asked on my Twitter this week was, uh, which football uh, position group on offense do you have the most confidence going into the season? Kind of a runaway here on running backs, and then everything else kind of middling. Uh, some concern, obviously, about quarterbacks, tight ends, wide receivers. We talked to Flash today. Uh, a wide receiver we hadn't had an opportunity to talk with at the same time, but in, in some time. I thought what was interesting from Coach Malzahn uh, earlier in the week is he talked about and alluded to that they're not giving Isaiah Bowser in particular quite the same workload uh, this spring. So let's hear from him on how they're using Isaiah this spring. Well, he chose to come back. Uh, he won't get tackled this spring, and uh, we're going to be very smart with him. Now, he's doing a whole lot of the – bump tempo stuff and uh you know he's improved you can tell and it's all about him staying healthy like we talked about but he's had a great spring what do you make of that i want to know what bump tempo means is really what i make of that no look i think that I, here's what i take of that i think when bowser came and said to gus i'm thinking about coming back but here's kind of what my goals are i need to be healthy I need to get more film on tape. I need to prove to scouts I can play. I feel like this was a business decision where him and Gus sat down and said, let's come up with a plan. Let's come up with a pitch count for you to keep you here, keep you on the team, but get you what you want to get. So I feel like this is a mature business decision, a pitch count situation between Gus and, and Isaiah. And frankly, it's probably what Bowser needs. He needs to, to lessen the amount of hits on his body. He's a big running back. You know, running back shelf life in the NFL is not long. So I think this is a really smart business decision. But I think it shows that Gus, for all the kids out there in the portal, all the kids in high school, is is proving to be a player's coach. He will look at you in your best interest. Now, maybe if you're a friend, you can't Gus, hey, can we lay up on the hits? Maybe that's not going to work out. But I think it shows from the transfer portal standpoint that Gus is somebody who's willing to work with you and have your best interest at heart. Well, I asked a question of offensive coordinator Chip Lindsay today during his media availability about Bowser not getting quite that same workload. What opportunities does it present uh, to the other running backs? And he praised, uh, you know, Johnny Richardson in particular, and he just mentioned how the other running backs have stepped up. So this is an opportunity for some others to shine. That's not taking anything away from Isaiah, but if he's not going to get hit and others have an opportunity to show what they can do. Look, we saw how much we needed running back depth last season. And, and so I think it's, it's, it's helpful to have more guys who are able to tote the rock, who are able to make, uh, make tough plays. 
I, I've said it before on this show on our on our pod. I'm curious who's going to be the true backup. Who's going to be that that second running back? Is it going to be Johnny Richardson? Is it going to be Mark Anthony? Is a bigger body guy? Do we see the, the true freshman? You know, is it who's going to emerge that second back? I think that that allows this kind of conversation to take place because I think these guys are going to get reps, and I think it's only going to help because from a depth standpoint, we saw how bad we needed it last year. And I know you have been one that has been critical of Coach Malzahn and how he utilizes players at times. You know, that Joey Gatewood play. Uh, yeah. And you have said, don't outsmart yourself. It's interesting yeah. to hear him pivot just a little bit. I mean, this is an experienced head coach, experienced staff, but they're looking out for an Isaiah Bowser because they know they're going to need him. How they distribute reps is going to be interesting. You know, you mentioned Woody Barrett, pro day. Friday uh, at, at UCF. I know I didn't expect a uh, Woody <laughs> Barrett <laughs> reference uh, until we uh, were joined by our first guest of the evening. You know him from ESPN and uh, his coverage of college football. He's going to be part of UCF's Pro Day coverage on ESPN+. Plus. He is Rini Angolia, and he joins us now. Rini, you're going to be covering Pro Day. Uh, what's the storyline that stands out most to you? Is it Mackenzie Milton? Yeah, I mean, I think it has to be, obviously, especially on a, on a national scale. Obviously, he just worked out the FSU Pro Day, gets to go at it again uh, with the UCF Pro Day. So I'm looking forward to seeing Mackenzie Milton. And listen, uh, we all know what he's been through. We The comeback story is phenomenal. Uh, wouldn't it kind of be like icing on the cake, right? If he can get into a camp, if someone can sign him, and make a roster. Uh, that would be phenomenal. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see how uh, Mackenzie Milton works out tomorrow. He's already been a great story. Do you expect to see him drafted? I, I don't. Um, I think he would probably most likely going to be a free agent. I think someone will give him a chance depending on, again, he's going to have to pass all the physicals. And, and again, when you get signed as a free agent, um, and I, I tell people this all the time, really, there is a kind of a pride factor uh, to getting drafted. I did not get drafted, but I will tell you, you know, if you're going to be a sixth or seventh round pick, a lot of guys would rather be an undrafted free agent because it kind of leaves you open to the field. You can kind of get there with your agent and see where you might have a chance to make the roster because at the end of the day, you want to make the 53 man or, or the practice squad. So um yeah being an undrafted free agent isn't that bad right and and the good thing with someone like Mackenzie Milton they're not investing a lot of money and you'll still get somewhat of a, a small bonus um but I think they're he's much more likely to get uh signed as an undrafted free agent and then once you get in there all you can ask for is that the team gives you a chance I know a lot of times with pro organizations you get to camp and you just you don't get the reps you don't get a chance to show them what you can do and that's unfortunate. You know, when I was with the Buffalo Bills, Marv Levy, uh, I, I loved the, being there as a young player because everybody played. He didn't cut prematurely. He waited to the to the NFL deadlines to cut. So you got a chance. So as a player, that's what you hope to get to a, a team uh, as an undrafted free agent and they're going to play and you're going to get reps in the preseason. Another big name that's going to go off uh, tomorrow is Big Cat Bryant. We saw him in a bit of a hybrid position all season, right? He, he was kind of like the – I think we called him the buck is what he yeah. was termed. He was on the line but didn't really have his hand in the dirt very much. Where do you think he projects at the next level? Is he linebacker or is he, is he D-line? Where do you see him? Yeah, you're reading my mind. So that's the fascinating thing. So I'm kind of interesting, interested to see what the scouts, what they're chirping about tomorrow because I'm with you. He's got a great body. He's a little slender, right? So – you know, in the NFL, is he gonna? Are they gonna put a hand down on third down and let him rush? I think he's gonna have to stand up, right? He's gonna be he's gonna be a good edge rusher, but he's gonna have to stand up. He's gonna have to play some sort of hybrid outside linebacker, in my opinion. So um, take it for what it's worth. But I am really interested to see how Big Cat Bryant tests out tomorrow. And another fascinating thing, I was going through it today. You know, Majai Sanders, the outstanding defensive end. For Cincinnati, who's very similar to Big Cat in their body structures and edge rusher, you will be able to take Big Cat's numbers from tomorrow's pro day and put them against Maje Sanders and what he did uh, at the combine. So I think that's kind of fascinating and something that if you're into this stuff, you can kind of compare apples to apples right there. 
Another fan favorite, Kalia Davis will be there. He obviously won't participate. He's injured. But what what's the value of him still being there and talking to scouts? What, what, do, what else do you think he could do, even though he can't participate tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, just personality, right? I think that goes a long way. Talking to the scouts, uh, small talk, just showing that you're invested and just taking a look at you. They're going to they're gonna ask how his rehab's going, you know, and just kind of look at his, his, you know, his body motion and just all that kind of stuff. So obviously you'll get something out of it. Um, it was horrible that, you know, that he went down with that knee injury. Obviously it was a huge loss for UCF, but hopefully uh, another one, he'll pass all his physicals. And I think Kalia was probably a player uh, that I think had an opportunity to get drafted. Um, he'll probably fall back to that undrafted free agent category we just talked about because of the knee injury and the fact that he hasn't been able to work out. But, but again, just being there, uh, talking to the scouts and just, just being a part of the process, I think is, is a good thing. You got a couple of guys as well and Cole Schneider, Marcus Tatum looking to have an impact on pro day. Where do you see them fitting in in an NFL team? We'll go with Marcus Tatum first. I mean, great size, right? A real big body, got that NFL body. So, uh, it'll be uh, interesting to see how he he uh, works out tomorrow as well. And again, uh, I, I love the fact that you know when when you don't get invited to the combine, and I was the guy that didn't get invited to a combine, and you rely on pro days, you kind of get that chip on your shoulder. So uh, again, I will be interested to see how those guys test out compared to some of the people uh, that got invited to the combine. And there was a you know a good not a good amount, but there was a few uh, American Athletic Conference. Uh, offensive linemen that were at were at the uh, the combine, so it'll be interesting to compare those numbers. But again, Tatum, a big body, so definitely has the size of playing the NFL. We'll see how he tests out. And then Cole Schneider, I really love Cole Schneider because essentially a four year starter, a ton of experience with UCF, uh, is a guard, can play center too, and I, that's the other thing too. Uh, you know, you get tested as an offensive lineman, but if you can be versatile, right? If you can play guard, right or left. If you can play center, uh, if you can play tackle, slide down to guard, the more you can do, the better your chances are of making an NFL roster. So uh, yeah, but I'm interested to see both those guys test out tomorrow. What about wide receiver Brandon Johnson? He broke out last season, holding quite a few touchdowns. Yeah, and so the wide receiver, I think, is that position where you can stand out, right? Again, test well. And, and, see, and, and that's, that's the one position, I think, as well that you, you kind of have to test well, right? If you have a bad 40, they're probably going to hold it against you, right? Especially in the NFL, because you see these burners out there. So you got you to gotta have the measurables. And then I think for someone like Brandon Johnson, when they get to the individual workouts, he's got to have great hands, right? He's got to run those good routes. Um, he's got to catch all the balls. If, you know, if, if Unfortunately, and it happens to me, but if you, if you have an off day, right, where you drop some passes, Someone like a Brandon Johnson that's that's down probably on draft boards that needs to try to come up. You just have to have an outstanding day. But tomorrow's the day to do it. I think I was reading. I think there was ten or eleven teams um, at FSU's pro day a few days ago. So I, I would imagine very similar tomorrow here at UCF uh, with the amount of scouts. Looking at the roster of guys, I was interested to see Greg McRae and yes. Nate Evans are both there. Now, these are older players who have already graduated. Nate Evans actually already played. He was on some practice squads in the NFL. Are, are those guys going to be evaluated differently, being that they're a tad older and even had some experience in the league? That's, that's interesting because you're right with Nate Evans. He's been in some camps. But because he's such a young player and he's not established and he hasn't caught on anywhere, he I think he'll kind of get evaluated Kind of with everyone else, but yeah, because he's been out, they'll look at him a little different. Uh, Greg McRae is the fascinating one to me. I was just talking to someone today. I mean, you know, obviously, he didn't play last year. We know UCF could have used him tremendously. I mean, with him and Isaiah Bowser back there, boy, that would have been a phenomenal one-two punch, right? Um, but he doesn't play last year. I mean, he had a chance if he would have played – his numbers uh, would have been way up there, right, in the history of, of UCF running backs. Um, you know, we know the, the he had rushed for 1,100 yards in the 2018 season, 2019 season was good, 2020. So he has really good tape. Um, he, I was always impressed with his running style. So I, I, I think he has the ability to run the ball in the NFL and make a roster. Being out a year, I think the scouts are going to kind of be fascinated with him too, is, okay, did he keep himself in shape? 
Uh, how's he going to look? And again, I think he's another one where the individual workouts are going to be really important uh, to him running routes, catching the ball um, and, and so forth. So the, the one thing, I guess, if you're Greg McRae and, and you're an agent representing Greg McRae that you can say to the NFL is, listen, he's re- he's rested. He's got no wear and tear on his body, which again, I was a former running man. That's an issue for running backs in the, in the NFL. I mean, uh, it is what it is. Running backs are kind of a dime, dime a dozen. They, there's a lot of them now. You don't see, except for a few exceptions, big, big money being sent on running back, uh, spent on running backs because they just kind of move them in and out in the life expectancy. You see guys three, four years. So you got to try to, you know, get it while you can. But, you know, so Greg McRae is another guy that I'm kind of fascinated with to see him work out tomorrow and, and how he does. All right. Some people make fun of these, you know, pro days, combines, what the underwear Olympics is what you hear. Is there a drill specifically that you look as a former player that you say that drill right there translate best to being an actual football player on the field? Um, no, I, I, I don't. So, as I said, I didn't get invited to the combine. And I think that hurt me personally back in the 90s. I had really good measurables. I had a good 40. You know, I had a 38 inch vertical lead. Great broad jump. But so I relied on pro days. And so when I played at the University of Massachusetts in 1995, when I graduated, we didn't even have a pro day. We had some teams come there just to look at me. But when it's just one individual, you're not going to get the amount of scouts. I went to Boston College's pro day and basically went to every pro day I could. Um, But I do think the drills undeniably will show the scouts if they're athletic, right? If you have this great vertical leap, that translates to your speed. And obviously your 40s, your 40, you're going to see it. And then, you know, the the pro agility drill they're going to do tomorrow, which is also called uh, the 20-yard shuttle, 5-10-5 shuttle back. Um, You see that one a lot. The L drill, which is also called the three-cone drill, that's more of a 30-yard shuttle. Those ones are good because it kind of shows change of direction, agility, and balance. So really good for the big guys, too. So does it translate to being a good football player, I think, is what your question was. I don't believe it does, but it does translate to if you're a good athlete or not. Does that translate to if you're a good football player? Not necessarily. We know that. You know, we see a lot of guys that were great athletes that can jump out of the gym and are lightning fast. But, I mean, you can run a 4-2-40 all you want. If you can't catch the ball, you know, what good are you? You know, so, uh, you know, but – it's one of those things where, you, know, you like you said, the kind of the underwear Olympics, people kind of chuckle at it, but it's like that necessary evil. You, you have to do it now. Um, and the good thing for these guys, and I said, hopefully they'll all have a little chip on their shoulder because you didn't get the big invite to the combine, is you can kind of compare yourself to their those numbers, um, which is which I think is, is, is good. And, you know, I was looking at some of the – just the American conference guys that were in the uh, – at the combine, and obviously the one guy that that stood out right away is uh, Kelvin Austin. I mean, the just dynamic wide receiver for Memphis. I mean, he went. I'm looking at his numbers. He had that the pro agility drill, 4.07, fastest of all the wide receivers at the combine. The L drill, the three cone, 6.65, fastest of all the wide receivers at the combine. And then he went. Where's my numbers here? He went 4.32 in the 40 which I think was the third fastest time in the combine. So, um, you know, you have some numbers to look at apples to apples, guys in your own conference. Rini, you translate on ESPN for your college football coverage. Of course, we're going to hear from you during pro day on ESPN plus, but you're also entered the podcast space. Tell us a little bit about this. I, I think you found a unique angle combining your background here. Well, I think you guys should tell me about it. Listen, it, it's tough and you guys know that. So, I, you know, a couple of people have been in my ear, for the last couple of years that you got to get in the podcast uh, business. And obviously, and you guys know how tough it is because there's just so much out there and there's so much quality out there. Right. So people have, you know, their pick of whatever they want to listen to. So, you know, being that I spent over 20 years in law enforcement and obviously my football background and now my background at ESPN, um, we decided to kind of do a crime in sports. So, uh, you know, and we're kind of finding our way with it, you know, so we did a podcast on the Aaron Hernandez case, which is, you know, kind of old news. Everybody knows, but I have a relationship with the great Dan Wetzel from Yahoo and he's a UMass grad. So I got Dan to come on as my, as my special guest and, and Dan gave me the best advice. And of course, Dan does a podcast for Yahoo. And he said, listen, just start doing them, right? Do a bunch of them. 
and you'll find your niche, right? You'll find what works, what people like to listen to. So we call it crime in sports. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean uh, the athlete committed to crime. Unfortunately, in today's age, we do have a lot of that. Uh, there's going to be some where the athletes uh, are victims. And there'll be some kind of like last week we did, because um, I thought it was an important topic uh, really across the nation, is, is this, this fentanyl issue, right? The overdosing on fentanyl. And we saw the case in spring break where the five West Point cadet cadets overdosed. Luckily, none of them died. One of them was a football player. So there was a little tie in there. So we did that story a couple weeks ago. We did the, the, the Henry Ruggs DUI where he rear-ended a lady in Las Vegas and killed her. Again, a topic uh, involving an athlete, but really transcends sports. It, something that affects us all. So that's what I'm trying to do. Find stuff that's kind of current that if someone listens to, they'll they'll get something from it, learn something from it, and hopefully maybe help them make a better decision down the road. So that's kind of where we're gearing right now. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to bring on some special guests because I, I think it's always helpful if you have someone uh, that uh, can bring something to the table. And I, I can tell you in a couple of weeks, we already have it in the works. And this is, this is a huge topic, again, in sports, but but more so in society, is domestic violence. So we're going to do one, domestic violence in sports. Um, we saw last year, I think it was a year ago, but with COVID, my time's a little off. We saw the, uh, the Zach Stacy, the former running back, uh, went viral where he had beaten his girlfriend up, and it was on video in the apartment. And um, so we're going we're gonna to do something with domestic violence in a couple weeks and just try to uh, – Try to get that out there a little bit more. Of course, available where you can download your podcast. Rini, we appreciate you hopping on with us tonight. Give us a little pro day preview, and we'll see you out there at UCF on Friday. Sounds good. And I got the pit spring game in a week, too. So spring games are coming along, too. So uh, time to knock the cobwebs off and get ready. The fall will be here before we know it. <laughs> All right, Rini. Thank you so much. Thanks, see you guys. Good insight from Rini, and he's got a unique angle on that podcast. I don't think there are enough of po enough podcasts, though, right? <laughs> There's not enough. Are there? He's not I don't know. Is that a thing? I don't know. Yeah, you know, something we're also learning more about is NIL. You hear it a lot about a lot about it, but how much do you know about it? And UCF made some news this week. Fortunate to have a UCF alum joining us, Chase Garrett. He's founder CEO of Icon Source. Chase, thanks for stopping by the Sons of UCF Live. Yeah, absolutely. Excited. Honored to be on. I, I want to read from the press release that UCF uh, sent out this week talking about Icon Source and Icon Suite in particular, going to power a UCF branded local exchange that will be available to all UCF student athletes. The innovative tool simplifies connecting interested brands with student athletes for NIL deals. Help us understand this more. Yeah, so I'll, gi I'll give you guys a little background. So I've been involved in athlete marketing. <clears throat> Essentially, my whole career, um, actually, I went to UCF. I raced motocross professionally when I was there. So action sports, kind of a whole different background than your classic collegiate sport. Went on to have a sports agency and then eventually made my way to work at Red Bull, where I ran their athlete marketing program for six and a half years. Um, at that time, I signed you know over 100 athletes from football, basketball, baseball athletes like Reggie Bush to Chris Bryant in baseball to Victoria's Rink in tennis and a super wide range of athletes and just was always amazed at the brand and company that Red Bull was able to build from leveraging athletes and the authenticity of the stories that they brought to, to the brand and the product. And so um, I, I wanted to create a platform to allow more brands to be able to connect with more athletes, to be able to leverage um, the, the benefits that they can provide. And so I just saw the ecosystem had not evolved around athletes, and it was so challenging, so intimidating for new brands, uh, specifically brands that don't build out large sports marketing teams, to know where do I begin the process? How do I actually engage? Um, who do I talk to? What kind of contract do I put together? So I, I started Icon Source uh, in 2018, uh, focusing on pro athletes. Uh, we had kind of the biggest names of pro sports, joined the platform. Uh, we did deals with a wide range of brands. It was super exciting. And then in 2020, obviously that was a challenging time for our startup business, but we saw the future around college sports and the conversation around name, image, and likeness progressing quickly. So we said, why don't we just adjust our technology and platform to provide the same guardrails for student athletes and the millions of local businesses all around the country to be able to connect real time on demand 
uh, have efficient conversations that can be turned into legal contracts uh, and executed properly. And then we, we implemented the ability for those contracts to be sent to compliance, uh, to make sure that those contracts would protect their eligibility, we facilitated payments. So we really felt that this was going to be a catalyst for brands to adopt the platform to work with more athletes, which was really exciting. So we did the first ever college deal with the Cavender Twins at Boost Mobile on July 1st. We did some deals with Three Kings Grooming, which is an all-black owned hair care product company, and um, uh, Antoine Owens from Jackson State, which is an HBCU school. So we saw a lot of really exciting deals come together. Um, through the opening of, of the college name image likeness. So, but the biggest challenge was how fragmented the market was. Brands didn't know necessarily where to go. There's different rules in different states. Universities' hands are tied from really being able to help walk these opportunities to their athletes. So we just saw the adoption on a wide scale was still kind of being held up. And so we said, what's the biggest challenge here? And it's the, a single solution that protects the athlete that the brands can have confidence in and can move quickly. Uh, so that's where we launched Icon Suite. Um, we still feel that it's very important that we stay hands off the university. So we don't engage in an official contract with the school. We don't get paid by the university, but we want to be able to provide a really great solution that's branded, that's just their athletes. So we went to UCF, my alma mater, and, and said, hey, would you guys like to adopt this system? And, and they were fired up. You know, Terry's a uh, always trying to find new innovative ways to put UCF ahead of uh, the rest of the competition. And that really um, connects well with our brand ethos. And so it's, it's a super exciting time. All right. I think I follow it better. Adam, what about you? Yeah, I was going to ask, how did the partnership with UCF come about? Are you selective with schools or was it simply it's your alma mater and you wanted to maybe uh, give back to the school you went to? Yeah, you know, um, it was actually kind of funny. So one of the ladies on our sales team, Kit Taylor, played soccer at UCF back in, I think it was like 1993. They had an awesome team, and uh, she stayed in touch with a number of different faculty members. And so Coach Z, who's, uh, I believe he's the WDAD there, um, he, they just stayed in contact. And so she hit him up to let him know this, this plan that we've built and this solution. And then conversations began began to progress quickly. And Terry said, this is an awesome application. These guys are the leaders in the space. And then, you know, kind of just rocked and rolled pretty quick. So, so how does it work? So I'm, I'm a business, right? I, I host a podcast and maybe I want to, you know, I want to ink a deal with an athlete. What, what do I do as a business and what do I do as an athlete to kind of get us linked together? Yeah. So you would go into the UCF portal. You could also go into Icon Source. We have a mobile app and a web-based platform. Uh, but the UCF portal right now is being hosted on UCF's website. You would sign up as a brand, um, and our sales team can help you facilitate that process where you can build your account. Really simple and easy. Just kind of walk through what kind of plan you want to be on. Uh, and then you can find the athletes uh, based off sport, gender, likes, interests, um, a number of different filters and, and actually build a campaign. So you can say, I want an athlete to join my podcast or I want an athlete to do an appearance. Uh, and you can lay out where our platform asks you a series of questions. How long do you want to promote the athlete's name ahead of time? How long do you want to use that content afterwards? Is there a social media component? Do you want to improve the athlete's content? Uh, and so we can really take an idea and formulate it into a real athlete contract. And so then that athlete receives it. Athletes sign up. Um, they have a mobile app where they can get these inbound deals uh, and say, this is exciting. This compensation either works or doesn't work. And they can, they can give you real-time feedback through our messaging application and then sign the deal. So then they can literally be on the phone in between practice uh, and, and sign a contract. And then the payment is facilitated by us. We pull that from the brand, send it directly to the athlete. Um, that way that athlete can do 25 deals and get one tax document at the end of the year. Uh, it's a lot easier and more organized for them to, to deal with. And um, we charge the brand. So the student athlete gets no fees. Um, with the opening of NIL, there's been a lot of people with very little experience starting up businesses, entering this space. Uh, and it's kind of a shame because a, a lot of them are taking advantage of athletes. I can't even begin to explain how many law offices have spun into sports marketing groups that have never done deals. Uh, and it's just a little frightening because you got 18 year olds that that are just kind of trying to trust the the systems around them and so um you know we've got a tremendous amount of background of doing deals at a high level to local 
independent mom and pops. And we really wanted to just empower both sides to be able to do that at scale. For a brand or a business, is there a minimum buy-in that you're looking for? So we, we charge a, a monthly subscription fee. So uh, there, there's a range from what makes the most sense if a brand's wanting to spend uh, a significant dollar amount to work with, with athletes, they can pay a higher subscription fee and get rid of any transaction fee. And then if it's a smaller brand, they can pay a very low uh, startup fee. Um, I believe it's $300 and they have access to the platform for a year. And then they have a, a transaction fee attached to that. But there's never a fee to the student athlete. And obviously we're not paid by the university. So we just think that it's important to stay away from the conflicts of pay to play, Title IX, all the other challenges of when this university starts getting involved, um, we just think that muddies the water a lot. So, What has been the reaction amongst UCF student athletes this week? I know the announcement just a couple of days old, but what are you hearing? You know, it's been exciting. We've seen a tremendous amount of athletes sign up. Uh, we went to UCF. I spoke to the coaches and, and, you know, nothing's mandated, but I said, you should have every athlete sign up. There's opportunities for every single student athlete, whether it's discounts on products or, or deals. Um, they range depending on the, the ability for that athlete to create impact. But we, it's our commitment to try to find an opportunity for every single athlete to benefit. So we've seen athletes signing up, talking about it. Uh, you know, Renai Jones, a UCF athlete, um, she's gotten a tremendous amount of deals through our platform just through Icon Source since the launch of this whole process, which has been really exciting. So. Sounds like you're off to a great start. We appreciate you taking a few moments to explain it to us and our audience. Always good to have a few fellow alum join us to, to talk about great accomplishments. Chase Garrett, founder, CEO of Icon Source. You're gonna be hearing a lot more about him. Thanks for stopping by the Sons of UCF Live. Thanks so much for having me on, I appreciate it. Thank you, Chase. Sorry, John. All right, Adam, you got it? You got it, you understand it? Uh, you ready yeah, to end right now. Are you yeah, in the we portal? We, yeah, we got to get a Sons of UCF official athlete, so I'm, I'm planning up right now. I do think it's interesting which athlete might you go for uh, there. Woody Barrett. <laughs> no, Woody, I don't think Woody's, I think uh, Woody's eligible anymore. Joey Gatewood. Jo Joey Gatewood. Oh, goodness. Joey, Joey may review the tapes of things <laughs> that you guys have talked about. Uh, as we go around the kingdom real quick, uh, softball, 20th ranked Knights, 18-game uh, winning streak snapped at number seven, Florida. Uh, Gators 10 Nights three, uh, they'll be back at it. They take uh, Friday, Saturday off, and then uh, Sunday, fifth-ranked Virginia Tech doubleheader. Monday with them as well. Uh, Gianna Mancha will no doubt get some play this weekend. She is the AAC Pitcher of the Week, back-to-back -back weeks. Also, baseball, finally, on a winning streak, two games. Let's talk about it with Stephen Bronca. You hear him on ESPN Plus broadcast. We're glad to have him back this week. Stephen, good to see you again. It's good to be back, guys. I appreciate you having me. All right, 24 runs, back-to-back -back wins, 15 and 10, conference play begins on Friday night. How would you grade the Knights through 25 games? What would be your letter grade? Uh, a B? No, I'd I give them a, a B, B minus. Let's, let's do that. I don't want to give them a C grade just yet. There's a lot of room for improvement, but there's a lot of really positive aspects that we've seen already throughout the year. Are you encouraged by the uh, the runs that were scored, or do you look at it as maybe they face some weak pitching there? I think midweek games sometimes, or, or Sunday games, you can you can start to run up the score a little bit. Uh, you're seeing the back end of guys' bullpens. You know their number three starter at the best. Uh, you know it's. I think it's showing what they can do, and when they finally put it together, the type of offense that they can be, and I think they're working toward that. I hope they use it as confidence and a confidence builder to carry on in the conference coming up. But um, it is encouraging because no matter how bad the pitching is, you still have to execute, right? And so uh, they've executed. They've done a great job uh, the last couple of games, and hopefully they carry it on. You've told us before that when conference play starts, it's like a whole new season for these guys, right? So what what do you want to see this team do as they as they get in the conference play? Are there one or two things that you want to see, you know, kind of change or really kind of improve on as you kind of embark on this conference season? Yeah, the offense has to it has to come together. They have to they have to put it all together. They can't have Alex Freeland getting three hits here and then one other guy in the lineup getting one or two hits and you know, everyone else is blanked. 
you know, they need to have, hey, we got we got three, four hits in a row happening here. They're stringing some things together, getting runners on, moving them over, getting them in, doing those type of things that they've done the last couple of games. They have to do that on a more consistent basis. And so they, they just need to be able to put that together. And what we really need to see as well as that is the bullpen. The back end of the bullpen needs to be shored up. You need to have a guy like Chase Centala and – a guy like Kyle Kramer, those two guys is your go-to guys out of the bullpen, and they got to be on no matter what. You know, you think back to the year 2020, whenever we got canceled, and you had Jeff Hakinson on the back end of that bullpen, and the guy's pumping 95, 97, and he's getting everybody out. It didn't matter who he was facing. And, you know, they need somebody who can do that. They need to be able to shut it down at the end of the game or in those spots in the middle of the game where, you know, you could sense the game is on the line in those points, like, all right, we got to get out of this. We got to shut it down right here. This is the game. And they haven't done that consistently yet either. So they got to string it together offensively and figure it out on the back end and be able to shut teams down when they need to. Now we're opening conference play with our rivals, the cows. They're they're They lead the American conference right now in wins. They have 18 wins. So, I mean, right now in theory, they're the top team in the conference. I hope I don't get struck down for saying that. Uh, do you like starting against a rival like this, or would you rather maybe they get their feet with with a few other teams before they kind of branch into the rivalry game? How do you feel about starting off with your rival team right out of the gate? You know, it's, you might as well, right? It doesn't, like I said, you said it. I mean, it's, it's a new season. And it doesn't matter if you're at the top of the conference, bottom of the conference, everybody's going to compete when it comes conference time, because that's your chance to get going in the postseason. And so it doesn't really matter. And I think with this UCF team, they want, and if they don't, they're, they're going to get spanked. They should <laughs> want a, a piece of this Bulls team after what happened last year. I mean, for them to lose in a conference championship game by one run, I was in the dugout for that. And to witness that and be a part of that, like I was almost in tears, heartbreak. And so if they don't feel that because they have enough returners to know how important this is and how that felt, I, I got a hard time believing they're not going to come out with their hair on fire with guys like Alex Freeland, who I know was in tears because he was in my arms. Jeffrey Pena, who was in tears after that. Ben McCabe, D David Litchfield, all these guys who knew exactly how that felt. Uh, they're if they don't show up i'm not sure if we will see them show up you don't want to make excuses but let's be honest connor stain loses a couple of starts with back spasms hunter pattison remains out you need these guys uh, you're, yep. you're taxing everybody else when you don't have them in how do you see the pitching coming together and what have you seen from william saxton that you've liked will saxton's turned into a totally different human being you know, you didn't know what you were going to get at first. At the beginning of the year, the first few starts, first few outings, I mean, he's walking more guys than innings pitched. He's walking more guys than he's striking out. And he was a guy that they were expecting to actually come in and be either that shutdown midweek starter to, to just blow away everybody they play midweek or the guy on the back end who would be their closer. And so for him to, to start the way he started was brutal. But now he's come on and he's been very, very good. He's been one of the most consistent guys that they've had. And hopefully if he could stay that way, it would be great. But, yes, you need Connor staying healthy. And I think, you know, based off of what we've seen, I think he's, from what we're hearing, it sounds like he's going to be back and back soon, whether it's this weekend or not in a full, full force or a couple innings here and there, whatever it is, it sounds like he's going to be back soon. Uh, and Patterson, it sounds like, Maybe not this week, but maybe next week, uh, depending on how he's feeling. But you you got to have Litchfield step up. You got to have guys like like Will Saxon step up. You're going to need some of the young kids to step up as well. You know they've used a lot of freshmen out of the bullpen. Some of those guys they need to step up. And if if they're called on to throw two three innings out of the pen, like hey, it's time to go. And so they're going to need those young guys to get going as well because there's so many of them. But the veterans are going to have to lead those guys. And David Litchfield, uh, he's going to have to lead the way and, and be that guy that they, they thought he could be. And we, they know that he can be. So, Ben McCabe, three for four, four RBI in the 13-1 win over FAU. Seems that he responded to sitting for a couple of games. Yeah, he uh, – I don't know what his deal was. He looked like he'd never seen a baseball before when he was hitting <laughs> before last last game. I mean, he was, he was really, really bad. And he'd be the first one to tell you that. And – 
And so for him to get going a little bit, all it takes is a hit. All it takes is one. You know, we talked about Nick Romano, you know, hopefully at some point they, you know, he's healed up and back next year, but he, the way he started off last year was he struggled a little bit and then he struggled the rest of the way because he couldn't build that confidence. Well, hopefully this past game for McCabe has been, all right, here's some confidence. Here's a couple hits here, three hits. Let's go and carry it on into conference. And hopefully that's the start he needs to get rolling and, and be the guy in the middle of the lineup that they need. Because right now you're getting Alex Freeland on base, hitting doubles, homers, and doing whatever he's doing. And then you got, you know, Pena's been great. But then outside of that, it's it's been hit or miss with everybody else, it seems like. You know, Noah Orlando has started to come on a little bit. But outside of that, I mean, you, you, you want to get more out of him, Ben McCabe, and, and Tom Jostin, both two veterans who, who put up decent numbers in the past and, and should be cornerstones in this lineup. Let's wrap up with this. I know it's the opening weekend of American play, but this is a series. Whoever wins this series is a big push to their start in conference play. Yeah, this is a huge start. Uh, and not just rivals, but like you said, two of the top teams win-wise in the conference. Um, this is – every game matters when it comes down to this. And, and starting off right is is a huge first step. And this is going to hopefully carry the momentum if they win throughout conference play and, and into postseason. Uh, this team needs that. Uh, I, I think I think they have the right mindset. I know they're going to be ready. I know how they prepare for conference. And it's it's a whole new beast. And, you know, you, you play it different. You, pay, you play it like it's the seventh game of the World Series every game that you're playing because each one of them matters so much. I mean, you have to win basically every series that you're going up against. So, you know, it, this is very important. Win series, Stephen Bronco. We're glad you're back with us on the Sons of UCF Live. We'll be listening to you on ESPN Plus, of course, uh, in the weekend series. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks Steve. All right, big series. What do you think? Do you like opening with conference play or not? I do. I mean, I, I think it, it adds a little extra juice, right? It adds a little extra oomph to the uh, to the conference play season. Obviously, we know the Cows are the best team, so I think Steven said it best. This is a good benchmark series right we kind of see where we are right out of the gate if for some reason we drop one or two of these games you still have some time to make that up and kind of uh, room for improvement but anytime we can stomp the bulls i'm in so we might as well do it early do it early do it often why not got a big lead in the war on i4 after softball swept them in tampa over the past weekend so let's see baseball do it as well let's open up the mailbag this thing has gone international now I mean, are you? I don't. Are you ready for this, Trace? I don't. Are you ready for this question? Let's just start right off. Okay. The top All right. With our All right, international here correspondent. Here we go. Here we go. Hey guys, UCF Mike here, coming to you from Venice, the Fort Lauderdale of Italy. And my question to you guys this week, with the spot heard around the world by Will Smith and Chris Rock, I want to know who of uh, the UCF podcasters you would like to slap in the face. All right. Hey guys, I may never come back. America. It's gorgeous over here. Maybe I'll see you next week. Start done. Did he have water in his hand there? Because in every other picture I've seen on his social media, it looked like beer. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, grainy video. I'm not sure what the internet situation is over there, wherever he was at during that. Looked looked gorgeous. Uh, so the question was, if you couldn't hear him uh, amongst all the slurring, was who uh, amongst the UCF podcasters would you want to uh, Will Smith style slap in the face. My answer actually might be UCF Mike, depending upon how many of those beers oh, he's had. This because is this is a, a soft qu- answer on your part. A quick, Come a on. quick hit. He may fall to the ground. If Mike's not accountable, I'm going to go with a stat boy Drew from uh, Black and Gold Banneret. I feel like oh. he'd take it the best. I feel like he's got a he's got a good sense of humor about him. I feel like he would just brush it off. He would maybe laugh it up a little bit. So if I can't hit Mike, because uh, I imagine just one shot with you know some of the leaders he's drinking, he falls right <laughs> over. I'm going to go. I'm going to go stat boy Drew. Uh, I like that answer. For me, whoa, I, you didn't answer. Okay, yeah, I need your no, answer. I've, I've already slapped back a UCF podcaster. <laughs> That's how I end up. <laughs> <laughs> go to the next one. Oh, yeah, no, I don't even know which one to go. I'm so uh, I'm disjointed. Here we go. Hello, Night Nation. Brian Peterson coming to you from sunny South Florida. Everybody's favorite two letters, two words. Challenge me to send in my question via a walk and talk. So here it is. What caused more drama in the past week? The Oscars slap heard round the world 
or Timo's involvement in the goodbye to Coach Abe following her departure from UCF. Also, I don't have a super cool Sons of UCF polo, so I'm wearing my Citronauts polo for at JP Gilbert. Go Knights and charge on. Quality of the video pretty good there. By the mm. way, out at UCF today, no smoke billowing from the arena, no announcement of a women's basketball coach. Of course, Coach Abe earlier this week formally announced at Georgia and uh, Brittany Smith, AAC Sixth Player of the Year, entering the portal. Uh, no coach yet announced. I was clear uh, in my uh, thoughts on uh, my Twitter at SignPez, uh, and I've worked in PR. Didn't care for Timo's statement, and uh, just the whole reaction to this is, has been a little bit shaky. Uh, UCF offering seemingly an astronomical amount of money compared to their budget just a couple of days after claiming poverty uh, and needing more from uh, the fan base. I don't know how they were ever going to get the return on investment from such a big offer if it, in fact, was a sincere offer. Coach Abe thought otherwise and is a Georgia. So I don't think it's been the best of weeks for Terry Mahajer, to be honest with you. First of all, I feel like Brian Peterson's voice and his cadence sounds like he's calling to tell me that my car warranty is expired <laughs> and he wants me to re-up it. Um, all, uh, much love to you, Brian. Brian's um, tremendous. Tremendous support. Yeah, Brian. tremendous on that. Look, I, I think the statement is all well and good if Terry Mohadra does not add in there any sort of a measurement tool. Right. He said 100 percent. If he just said looking forward to the next coach is going to take UCF to great heights. None of this takes place. He threw the measurement number in there. He obviously did so for a specific reason. Whatever that is, we can only speculate on. But that's the that's the thing. Really, this whole conversation is about if he doesn't say 100 percent and just says, I want a coach who's going to take UCF to the next level and I can't wait to get that next leader in here. This isn't a conversation topic. I assume that he, out of uh, out of you know spite, out of just you know bitter moments, probably made a qualifier he probably didn't want to make. He tried to kind of walk that back with his his retweet of that. I imagine he recognizes that probably came off different than he thought, uh, and probably got caught up in his emotions. Um, and it, it doesn't appear to be a good look. But I also understand that in the moment, he's a little bit salty, right? And, and he's losing a great coach. He obviously tried to fight to keep her. So I can, I can respect the saltiness a little bit, but it definitely does come off in poor taste. He left out four words. Thank you, Coach Abe. Mm. All he had to say. All he yeah, had to say. Yeah. All right. Brian mentioned yeah. Robert. We got one more. Yeah, we got one, we got more. one Robert, more. Robert, I don't, I don't know who's in a better location, Robert or Mike. Here, here's Robert's uh, submission. Hey, Night Nation, two letters, two words here with a question. I'm here at the Texas Pinball Festival, which reminds me, you know, we always worry in pinball about the high score. So the question is, in 2022, who's going to score the most points for the Knights, except for the kicker? Thanks. Uh, he's talking football. Because uh, he said between, they said men's, the between men yeah. and women's basketball, there's nobody left. But uh, uh, football, uh, that's a good one. Um, Isaiah Bowser. Yeah, Bowser's my guess too. Um, I think he's going to get goal line vulture style carries. He's going to be the sort of the lead back. Um, so I, Bowser's probably the the right option, unless one of the quarterbacks just really goes ham and throws you know twenty twenty five touchdown passes, uh, which obviously could uh, usurp that. But I don't know that we have that kind of offense. So I will go Bowser. Also, not aware there's a pinball festival, so you learn something every day. He also asked, uh, "What are the rules for walking talks?" I think it just involves walking. <laughs> but I love that he contributes every week. Uh, and talking. James, and talking. Well, talking too. Yes. Uh, we got another one, but let's hold on to it that uh, till next week. Uh, Austin, we got yours, buddy. You're, yeah. you're coming up next week. We, it's, it's a good, good it's question, a good by question. the way. Trace was not prepared to answer your question, Austin. I told him your question, and he went, oh. And so he a needs good a good seven days to ruminate on that. Mike yeah. needs at least seven liters. So we'll get back to you next week on that one, Austin. Uh, J.P. Gilbert, which UCF football coach past and present has the best chin to take a slap? Who has the worst? Worst has got to be Josh Heupel. <laughs> Why is everyone going Heupel? I, I don't understand Heupel. I, so I think best, Kruzek obviously is probably your natural thought, right? Big guy. Scott Frost had that that you know football background. Give me Gene McDowell. He's a tough old son of a gun. I mean, he, he saw UCF through the, the rough days of the program. I feel like Gene McDowell probably actually took a slap to the face at one point trying to sell UCF to somebody. So give me Gene McDowell as the one most likely to take that hit to the face.
Don Jonas, too. I wouldn't want to contend with him. At Lonely BUCF, which former cow would you like to see take Chris Rock's place? Matt Grothy. Can't Runaway stand winner, yeah. that guy. He's on the medal stand for He's sure. I knew you'd say now, that. Too. He's a jerk wow. now. Easy trace. Family show. Yeah. Um, I knew you'd say that. So two other submissions for you. I have Quentin Flowers and Carlos McCants. At Stat Boy Drew, previously mentioned. Sorry about slapping you, buddy. Who slaps the hardest, Adam, <laughs> Mike, or Trey? Um, it's a great. I don't know that I've ever slapped anybody. Or um, that you're going to admit to here. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, I, we've told the story in the show. Mike and I did get in a fight one time. Um, it, it was more pushing, you know, some, 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 some fisticuffs thrown. No, no, no real facial contact. That didn't sound good. I take that back. Um, I don't know that I've ever slapped. I'm going to go with you, Trace, because you, you admitted to being somebody who's, you know, slapped down a few people here in your day. I'm going to go with Trace. I'm not going to go into it here, but I had an altercation with my roommate in college and I won that when he flew through the screen door. Uh, so you're going to have to go through it here now. No, no, we're going to move on. We're moving on. <laughs> Your show. All right. Moving on. At uh, D-I-K-A-I-A Knight, who has contributed in the past, uh, confused by Timo's statement, uh, saying uh, with that losing Coach Abe in the first place, lack of any actual movement on facilities, you know, facilities improvements left out of Timo's plan recently in terms of basketball. Should we be concerned with uh, athletics direction? I think it's too early to say that. I think the people who said it was too early to give him a grade, I just don't think he had a good week. So I'm not concerned about the direction of athletics. I just don't think he had a good week. This all depends on your lens. If you want to see red flags, you'll see red flags, right? You can see people leaving for other jobs. You can see fundraising not being where it's supposed to be at. If you want to see red flags with Timo, they are there. You can see them. It's probably there with a lot of us if you really, if you really think about it. But if you want to see them, they're there. I will say this, though. He's got a lot of important decisions coming up as we enter the Big 12. There's going to be a lot of key things that have to be decided, and he's going to have to make some really big decisions. They're going to have some ramifications for years to come at UCF. It'll be really interesting to see how he makes those decisions because of any AD we've had, probably of any coach, he's going to have a really important role in the future of UCF athletics. He's got a he's got a you know a, a big uh, task on his head. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. So it'll be really interesting to kind of track his progress as we get through there. At uh, Mary Ashbaugh six and a shout out to George. She's asking if Diamond Battles will follow Coach Abe. I'll tell you, it, uh, it it makes all of us nervous. You know, she's got one year remaining with women's basketball. The longer this goes without a coach being named, a coach that could perhaps talk her out of such a move, uh, it does seem that she might follow uh, Coach Abe to Athens. Well, particularly because the entire staff went with Coach Abe, right? So if there was a holdover here that's maybe in the mix for the interim job or the job right now, that was interesting. We didn't name an interim coach. Um, you know, I, I know obviously the season's <laughs> kind of quote unquote over, Same but there isn't, a, there isn't an interim in place to at least, I mean, you think about, you know, when Frost left and did yeah. this, Troy Walter stayed behind and at least, you know, kept the ship afloat however much that he did that for a little bit of time, no interim coach. So there's nobody to talk to. There's nobody to go say, Hey, I'm thinking about leaving. Hey, what's the future look like? So to your point, the, the longer the calendar moves on, the more this is in question. And man, I hate, I, this is just what it is in college sports, but it, it this just is a kick in the shins, right? Because it was such a fun team to watch. And then you see it kind of dismantle all in a, in a one fell swoop. And it's unfortunate Everyone's got a chance to move on. I get it. But this is this is really the kind of the downside of college athletics at times is we all just rallied around this team a, a week ago. And now we're all, you know, wondering how we're going to keep it together. Mm. Um, it's part of the part of the game now, but it, ju it just sucks. But the longer we don't have a coach and there's not even an interim, who does Diamond Battles go and, and, fr and voice frustration or ask questions to? So I, I think you've got to be concerned as long as that goes on. Perhaps the worst question ever submitted in this section at B underscore Brando. Which would you rather? UCF beats the cows in football but loses in every other sport and game to the cows, or football loses but we win every other game? That's just terrible. It's a terrible question. I don't wow. like that question. Why, why are you getting mad at, at Brando? Uh, to me, it's easy. It's you win football um, because we win we football have got... and lose every other game Absolutely. in every other sport. Absolutely. We've got football locked down. We mm -hmm. own them in football. When you've got your, your your foot on somebody's throat, you keep stepping on it. I would rather mm -hmm. win every football game and keep that superiority. Obviously, we know football sort of drives a lot of the engine. You know, the other sports, we can lose from time to time. We've lost to them in men's basketball. We've lost to them in baseball. We've lost to them in softball. Every game, though? 
Yeah, but you know what? You win that one football game. You have bragging rights for a long time. They're already down. Let's keep them mm. down. I say football. Don't like the question. At Alex Bitter 11, which away game city outside the state of Florida, big party going on, though, at the FAU game for the Suns, uh, would be F-I-U. the most fun yeah. to travel? F- FIU? F- sorry, FAU. Sorry, FAU. You're right. F-I-U. Which uh, away game would be the most fun to travel to? it got to be Tulane, right? New Orleans, just for the city. More it depends than, on your definition more than of Greenville, fun. Greenville, North Carolina. <laughs> or South Carolina. It depends on your definition of fun. I, I guess Tulane would be it, right? Because you can get into you know, get in some stuff, but if you plan the trip appropriately and you're going to stop someplace first, right. Maybe, but I think, uh, I think Jan's got it on the head. There's Tulane. Tulane. And we'll end with at J a Hathaway, Jim. Hello. What's most likely Mikey Keen, NFL quarterback or successful male model. He takes a good photo. So I would suggest he might be I, on the runway I, somewhere. Uh, promoting I, I hate this question because so to answer this it, question, you're ready to talk. This is the one I don't like. Bring Brando's question back. This is the one because I hate this because if I say the male model, what I'm really saying is I don't think he can, he can play football, right? But Mikey's a he's a he's a well put together kid. He's easy on the eyes. I'm sure he's not having any problems on Friday nights around campus. Um, uh, so I think there's probably a path forward there. My hope is that we can shorten that throwing motion. He can throw 25 touchdowns this year, beat the cows again, and I don't care what he does with his life after that. Speaking of easy on the eyes, UCF Mike expected oh, to be back in wow. this space next week. <laughs> wow. Is he back for is the he? pod? You took a week uh, off without him. Mm. Will he yeah, be great back question. with you this mm. week? Yeah, great question. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, efforting. I think Mike. Uh, we'll see how the jet lag situation is is working out for for Mike. Uh, if anything, maybe a later release on the on the pod uh, this particular week. So uh, you know, just if you're subscribed to us, it's not a problem for you because it's going to show up in your feed anyway. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Don't even worry about it. Just click and you're good. Here, uh, go to YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Go to YouTube. To YouTube yeah. channel. Yeah, get get get, get in the Yeti. If you haven't already, I think you missed the deadline. The 5K race. Again, we're going to give one of those little things behind me here to the winner in our Sons of UCF group for the best time. So get out there, get your run in, uh, and you may win a, uh, a nice mug courtesy of the Sons of UCF. But maybe pod this week, maybe not. Maybe Mike, maybe not. Eh, that's how we roll around here. But what we know, Adam, is that you are 100% committed. Not 93%. Not 93%. I started off 100 I started off 100. I mean, I'm like 96 after the show. I mean, it's it's tiring. A lot of guests. I mean, all these notes I didn't use. I'm at 96 right now. I'll get back to you. By the way, when you get your Sons of UCF Yeti and you register at the Yeti website, they send you a pack of stickers in the mail. I got my pack today. I haven't affixed them to the, to the mug yet. But... Yeah. And why is Jan the... calling me out? I, I know, saw Jan. Trace, Jan, why is Jan calling me out? Because I'm questioning, not questioning, Adam's commitment. I don't know. Yeah, it, any any number of things. You've you've been on fire the last like seven and a half minutes. Uh, I, I still. <laughs> okay, can, all right, just you answer me this though. question. You, you know what, Adam? You have to do a weekly podcast in order to qualify for that question. <laughs> I just have two questions for you. Yes. Sir. Is is the roommate? Is he okay? Uh, that was a long time ago, and okay. uh, it was tense. That and when's fine. the last time you've spoken to this person? We lived together another eight months. We never spoke after the incident. Okay. We never had another conversation and lived together uh, with another person. Okay. Yeah. Do we need to get Rini and Golia back on for the true <laughs> crime <laughs> aspect of this? <laughs> it will be on his show. <laughs> Fair enough. Up. He said special guest coming up soon. I, I, I'll tune in for sure. I'm glad it was a first floor apartment when he went through the screen. It would have been a problem if it had been a higher floor. Was it your intention to do that, or is that just how it ended up? No, no, it was not my no. intention. I'm okay. not a violent, uh, not a violent sort. Uh, so, okay. we had Rini. You'll hear from mm. Rini on Pro Day on ESPN Plus. We had Chase, a UCF alum, uh, in this uh, space with NIL, and of course Stephen. Big weekend series if the weather cooperates. Uh, potential storms. Certainly Friday and Saturday. Let's see if they can get all three games in. Mike, we missed you. Glad to see you on uh, the uh, the video tape. And uh, Adam, it has been enjoyable. Let's do this again next week. Maybe. I'm like Maybe. 92, 92% now. Oh, your percentage now is I going down. Steam. I, I lost some steam. Yeah, you'll be all right. Everyone just, you know, be well. 
All right. Let's turn things over to the uh, Twitter space guys, uh, Austin and the gang. They're getting ready to do a, a conversation about UCF. We appreciate them scheduling right after the Sons of UCF Live. Everybody, continue to uh, have a good rest of your week. For Adam, I'm Trace. Go Knights, everyone. Charge on. Where's the button to get the spaces? I don't. Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.